This is our uh, inaugural episode of the podcast. Uh, my name is Riley O'Brien. I'm a uh, diehard Detroit Lions fan. With me, I've got Austin Cunningham, Kansas City Chiefs fan, Doug Anderson, who is a Cleveland Browns fan, and Justin Treese, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Uh, this being our first episode, we just wanted to talk a couple basic things, team needs, and uh, do like a three-round mock draft. Austin, you there? Can you hear me? You had the longest season of our four teams this this past season. You guys uh, had a hell of a year. Um, very as big of a Matthew Stafford fan as I am. Extremely jealous of uh, Patrick Mahomes. You guys have a hell of a quarterback there. Um, going into uh, this off season and going into next year, help us understand from a Chiefs fan standpoint what are the three key things that the Kansas City Chiefs need to address going into this season? Yeah, so uh, starting off, the season was definitely uh, definitely surprising. You know, this was supposed to be a developmental year for Mahomes, just kind of get him in with Hill and Kelsey and Watkins and kind of get that relationship built. And then this was supposed to be the year, like, all right, let's, let's make this happen. And, it all, you know, the whole thing with Mahomes happened and shocked the NFL, took the world by storm. So... That was definitely a surprise and it was great heading into the draft here into the free agency pool here in a couple weeks. It's definitely going to uh, depend on what they do in the draft here due to free agency, but I think their biggest needs are pretty cut and clear, um, pretty obvious. Uh, the first one was to get rid of Bob Sutton. You know, I never want to be the guy that goes for a guy's job and tell him, you know, hey, you should be fired. But it was to a point where the defense was running the same thing at the end of every game okay. and everybody knew it. So I think it really showed with the Patriots. You know, Tony Romo made it, you know, called every play there over time. But I think a lot of it was just, well, hey, when you got a giant hole here in the middle and everyone else is a man, run element on the crosser and he's going to be pretty much wide open there. Biggest need is going to be corner. Um, that's going to be evident. I don't think a 30-year-old Orlando Skandrick is going to cut it. Um, <laughs> Nelson, depending on if he stays, his free agency, depending on what his price tag is that he's going to be asking for. And then Charvarius Ward, you know, had a good end of the year or good end of the year run there. But it depends on, you know, how he'll do next season after uh, offensive coordinators got film on him. So it's definitely going to be corner. They needed at linebacker. They overpaid for Hitchens. Now that they've switched to a 4-3 scheme with uh, Spagnola, I don't know if uh, Ragland's going to be there because that's the reason why Buffalo got rid of him is when they switched. And the overall, depending on what the situation is with Barry, on if he's going to be healthy, if he's going to play, if he wants to play still, or if he's just kind of like, you know, I've been dealing with all these injuries. Let me just kind of set out here. It's going to be free safety as well. So I believe those are going to be the three biggest things that they'll need heading into the draft and offseason. So, so mostly defense, right? So we're looking at defensive improvements. Um, obviously, with the quarterback you guys have, and, you know, he's not the only piece, but it seems pretty much plug and go on the offensive side of the ball. So you're, you're, you're looking mostly at defense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We'll transition on to the Cleveland Browns now. And, Doug, let us know what do Cleveland Browns fan what they should they be uh, looking for going into the offseason? Uh, not having to worry about the quarterback situation. That's got to be a relief. That's the first time in who knows how long. Um, for me, I'm more excited to see what Steve Wilkes can do um, with the defense. For the same reasons as with Austin with the Chiefs, it's going to be heavily defense. I'm not a huge fan of Jamie Collins anymore. I think last year he kind of showed that he's slowly either losing his drive or something else is going on. Um, I think that if they could get rid of him, that would save $11 million in cap space and it could bring on another younger linebacker too. Um, picking up somebody that can help stop the run, a good D tackle, uh, 
because, I mean, Agba and Garrett on the edges are fine. Ogan Joby can't do it on his own. Bring on a tackle and maybe some secondary help with Ward because Peppers and Randall, they're great. Uh, but if they go down, they need depth. And Ward's really the only corner. And towards the last few last games, Ward was having some pretty bad concussion issues. I think mostly defense. Yeah, it sounds like defense, both in Kansas City and Cleveland, are areas of focus. Now, that might not be the case for Jacksonville, although it might be. Uh, Treese, the Jaguars uh, expert here, what uh, what are we looking for from Jacksonville this offseason? Obviously, the first thing which comes to everybody's mind is the boat, Blake Bortles. Clearly, they're going to be moving on from him, even though um tom coughlin came out this week and was like yeah blake bortles our quarterback for right now he uh specifically said for right now had the little Um, caveat involved there i mean there's two ways of going about this for the jags right so obviously the the easy thing to do is say okay they're going to sign um nick Foles or teddy bridgewater right um i personally don't think teddy's going to be be here uh it doesn't make any sense the Jets offered um, Teddy to the Jags multiple times during the preseason, and the Jags said no, so why would they do it now? It, I just don't think that Teddy's their type of quarterback. Nick Foles, on the other hand, is. He is their quarterback, right? They signed John DeFilippo um, as their OC. Right. Um, obviously, him coming, being the quarterback coach for the Eagles, the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um, you know, the stars are aligning for that to happen. Um, so we'll see there. Um, not co- not talking about quarterback. There's a lot of a lot of changes that I think are going to happen to the Jags in the next couple of weeks. Um, they have Malik Jackson on just a massive contract. Um, last year was a total disappointment. Um, I think that they try to get that contract off of their books. If that's a trade for a super late round pick, I can see like a fifth, sixth rounder. Um, just to get it off the books, even though I think he's a better player than that, but that's just how it works in the NFL. Um, and then you have things like this offseason and next offseason. It's for me, it's just key to signing the big three on defense, which right. is Yoni Kengakwe, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack. Um, right. For me, I would, I want them to focus on quarterback and making sure we don't lose those three. Um, keeping those three as the core of your defense is going to be awesome and key for this team to continue to move forward because obviously Calais Campbell's not getting any younger. Uh, he's got, you know, they picked him, picked his uh, option back up, so he'll be around next year, but I would not expect him around in 2020 as he'd be 34 years old, making right. like $14 million. Just don't see that happening. So we'll see. Um, Taven Bryan the first round pick from last year needs to step up this year. Uh, he was a complete disappointment and did basically nothing last year. He had one sack. Um, didn't really see the field much, even after the Dante Fowler trade. Like he uh, just didn't step up as much as I was hoping what, for. Was that at all health related? I can't recall. Um... No, no, he was healthy the entire year. Um, I mean, and towards the end, the, the final couple of weeks, he was playing more and more. Um, so, but just he just didn't catch he just didn't, on. He just I'm, didn't I'm latch on. I'm wondering if yeah. they start moving him more towards the uh, like three technique inside. 
and then look for another defensive end so, this year in the draft. Let me ask, and Austin and Doug, you guys can chime in as well. How often do we see from year one to year two in football, is, is there a jump from a player? Like, is it reasonable if Treese for him to expect, you know, obviously they're going to start him. Is that because of where he was drafted, or do you guys expect him to come on year two, really make a name for himself? Jabril Peppers this last year, his first year, I mean, Greg Williams played him deep, high safety, all alone, or single high safety, and he was terrible. Like, he couldn't cover the field, but that's not where he was supposed to be. Yeah. So Jabril Peppers, second year, amazing. Same with David Njoku. So some of it could be a scheme change or just even flat out a position change. Austin, do you have any recollection? I mean, can you think of the last round one guy who really disappointed you, maybe year two, uh, you were glad that they ended up. They just kind of picked it up from there. Well, the yeah. Chiefs, the Chiefs haven't had, um, they haven't had a first round pick the past two years, which is kind of, which kind of sucked a little bit. But you know, they've had a couple good second round picks. Um, you know, that kind of started off with Chris Jones. I think that turned out pretty well. Um, last year, their second round pick, they went, they traded up to uh, get that kid out of Mississippi State, and uh, I think you know he had a brilliant speech. He had a okay year. You know, he filled in for Houston when he was hurt. But he kind of showed a lot of promise there towards the end of the year. So I think this coming season, depending on if Houston stays, um, like I said, you know, this free agency is definitely going to be a huge change of where the Chiefs' future lies on that defense. Because I think it's going to honestly be an end of an era. You know, last year they got rid of Johnson mm-hmm. and Tom Bahali. That was an end of an era. And I think now they're kind of looking to move on from an older Houston and an older Barry. You know, I mean, Barry signed a new contract and he's played maybe a, a total of three games since. And he's up probably the highest paid safety in the league. Right. And so I think this next coming year, I think even going out of the first round, like I think Freeland Speaks will have a good solid year. And then Dorian O'Neill out of Clemson, the linebacker, you know, I think he's got great speed. He showed up well towards the middle end of the season, got hurt, kind of missed the playoffs. But I think them two, even though they're not first rounders, I think those are guys that can make jumps heading into their second year here for the Chiefs. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. All right, Trees, back to you then. So we've got obviously expecting a jump from Taven, Taven Bryan, year two. Yeah, um, yep, and then another guy that needs to do a jump is uh, Chark, the wide receiver right. from LSU. He was their second-round pick last year. Um, he just didn't produce. He was injured at the end of the year, didn't, didn't play much because of that. Um, I think – uh, he had a fumble against the Patriots in week two that I think just really shot his confidence a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, given he needs to realize it was Gilmore that's guarding him and coming up on him, and Gilmore's obviously an all-pro at cornerback for the Patriots, and you need to protect the ball here in the NFL. So um, I don't think that that helped the cause, but um, yeah. I still have full confidence in Chark. I actually really like him as a player, and I was excited when the Jaguars drafted him. I think a combination of Chark and uh, Westbrook is, is awesome. That's a lot of speed and a lot of quickness on the field. Um, I obviously would have preferred for them to uh, found a way to keep Allen Robinson rather than Marquise Lee. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Lee comes back from the torn ACL that he had in preseason last year. Uh, he's kind of the captain of the deep, of the wide receiver core at this point. Um, let's see. 
Um, and then it'll be interesting to see what they do at, if they try to get a cornerback this year. Um, I wonder how much longer they hold on to A.J. Boye. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they'll keep him this year, but I wonder if next year they have to make make some sort of move. He'd be due something around $10 million, $11 million next year. So I'd be curious to see how, how they handle that. Um, I'm super excited about their third-round pick last year in uh, Ronnie Harrison, safety out of Alabama. I, I'm not. I'm really not sure how he slid to us, but I was super excited, and I think that he's going to be kind of that bruiser at safety that they want, kind of like the champ, Cam Chancellor of yeah. uh, Seattle's, Seattle's defense. Jacksonville's had a, a, a lot of talent slighted them. I remember uh, the year that uh, you guys – Got what you got? Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, and Yannick Ngakwe all in the same draft, right? Correct. And I remember the night of that draft, uh, Trees actually attended that draft, and he told me that uh, Ngakwe would lead the team in in sacks. And I I had never heard of him prior to that, but I definitely know who he is now. So Jacksonville's capitalized on a lot of talent sliding to them, uh, you know, in later rounds, and that's that's a big reason why their defense is as good as it is. Yeah, for sure. Um... So it'll be interesting to see. Um, kind of going a tangent here. I have, I really have no faith in Dave Caldwell as the GM. Um, I think that he's done a very poor job um, selecting players in the draft. Um, 2014, he had a very good draft. Um, started out with Bortles, which obviously Bortles isn't what they expected, but you know, Bortles has been Bortles. Um, but then they've gotten guys like. Uh, they got guys like Lee and Allen Robinson and Brandon Linder and Telvin Smith in that draft. So a lot of good quality starters there. And then after that, besides the draft you just spoke about where they got Jalen, yeah. Jack, and Yannick, but to me, that's they just those players just fell into his lap right. more than him finding them. So he's, he's um, hitting on the, the talent that's just so obvious. It's like you can't pass up on this talent, but he's missing on the, the high picks. His his first round picks have just besides besides Jalen have just been garbage since he's been here. So um, I'm very intrigued to see what they do. Um, obviously, if they don't go after a quarterback in free agency, they're going to be going after a quarterback in round one, and you can't miss again. Yeah, you can't miss on quarterback. No, that that's a huge thing, and that's a point of emphasis too. That's you know we talked about you know if if you miss on a first round quarterback. You know the amount of time that that can set your franchise back. It's just it's imperative that you get the right that you get the right guy. And uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'm I'm curious to figure out how much you guys. Obviously, uh, Austin and Doug, you guys both are, are pretty set at quarterback. Um, you know, I'm I'm very interested to see your guys' takes on on the quarterbacks, uh, kind of how you rank them uh, this offseason. I think every you know every draft it's. We want to figure out, is there a franchise quarterback in this draft? If there is, how many are there? Um, let's go ahead and transition now into uh, kind of the meat of this episode of the podcast, the, uh, the uh, mock draft. The, the, the three-round mock draft, which I already know Therese is going to give me shit for with who I pick. Well, hey, that, that, <laughs> that's perfect. No, nothing wrong with some shit being distributed right here. I swear, if, if you just bullshit around, Therese, and you just take people in the first round that you know I want, I'll be pissed. Dude. Oh, you know that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Oh, dude, I'd be so ticked. Okay. <laughs> There's so many people to pick from. Go ahead and hit the Bortles. 
quarterback. Question, real quick, just because you brought up Bortles. Like, I, I didn't mind him, like, the pick in general. Um, but do you think it was just from never being challenged or, ha- like, having, like, a reason to compete for the starting spot? His, his entire career, besides last year, he had Chad Henney behind him, who's now in Kingdom City, right? Hey, uh, I don't know about you guys, but it looks like he just backed up an MVP, so it looks like he's doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But I don't really think it was that actually Riley could back me up on this. When, when they pick um, Bortles, he was like, dude, that's awesome. And I was pissed. He I didn't like so it. Many didn't like Bortles. it. Um, well, and that was after coming off of uh, picking yeah. uh, Blaine Gabbert, too, in round one. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I'm like, oh, and, and before that, Brian Byron Leftwich. So yeah, oh. we've had a, we had a great system. Great history of picking quarterbacks. So you guys are just dead set on Drew Locke, then, right? Priest yeah, all exactly. along has been saying if the Jaguars take Drew Locke, he just doesn't want that to happen. And, and see, and you, you three are far, far more uh, advanced into uh, college scouting than I am. But so, what is it about Drew Locke that you guys don't like? Off-platform throws. Practice. Yep. Just, just gonna sit there and be like, man, I got a strong arm. I believe I can put it in that window. And there are sometimes he can, but it's maybe going to be one for four, and there's three three interceptions sitting there on the stat sheet. Oh, maybe and, that's the comparisons to Stafford. A lot of times he fits it in the window, and, and those are the most uh, exciting moments for me as a football fan. I just don't feel like – I just don't think Drew Locke – like, I think he's just been told his whole life, like, you're the next one. Like, you're exactly. great. You're amazing. And then he's just – it reminds me of Jay Cutler almost. You know, he's going to have this nice, strong arm. Little pretty boy waving, like you know, little. He's gonna wave his hair over, but he's just gonna sit there at the end of the day and be like, "Where's my money?" And I'm just gonna go out here and play ball, and hopefully it goes our way. Are we talking about Doug? Or are we talking about Drew Long? <laughs> 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 uh, I'm totally with you, and like I'm, I am a guy that cares about like completion percentage in in college. And I, I do understand a lot of college nowadays is these short passes, right? I mean, like Oregon, right? It's the amount of wide receiver screens they run, right. right? Like obviously that can that can skew some stats here, but just watching, oh, yeah. see that you can see that like the accuracy is not there. It's not consistent. It's just like Josh Allen last year. Um, I was not a big Josh Allen fan. Um, I didn't hate him by any means, um, but because I did kind of believe in the whole he didn't have the talent around him as well, so that hurt. Uh-huh. Um, but you you get these like bad habits as a quarterback when you don't have that talent, and I think that's kind of what happened with Bortles early in his career as well, because he was growing up with Lee and with Robinson and Hearns. Like, those three all ended up being pretty good receivers, but the, it took him a couple years to kind of get into that groove and stuff, and oh, Locke just, he just frustrates me watching him play. So, yeah, I will not be happy. Um, but going back to what I was saying, why I was mad about Bortles is because I was a huge Teddy B guy. Like, right. I, I wanted Bridgewater so badly. I can attest to that. Um, so to answer your question, Doug, um, I wasn't Bortles. I just he just didn't he didn't belong in the first round. Yeah, that's very true. So Treese, uh, you you hit on the Foles and Bridgewater um, 
doesn't sound like you're very optimistic that Bridgewater would end up in Jacksonville, but let's talk talent-wise or, or schematic fit. If it was your call, if you were the GM, would you rather Foles or Bridgewater be under center for Jacksonville? Ooh, um, that's actually a very tough call. I, I would go I would go Nick Foles. Okay. That's a sound pick. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah hard, that's a sound hard to pick. argue with that, yeah. especially the Super Bowl MVP over a guy who, you know, not to be super rigid, but a guy that almost lost his leg and is finally getting confidence. Like, right. Let's yeah. say he gets Low. Is he is he hesitant in the pocket now and trying to get out or yeah and like big yeah. six five guy that's just gonna stand there take a hit on the chin and you know, drop a dime sixty yards down the field exactly exactly right he did it for the Eagles the last couple of years and we really haven't seen like going back to what you were just saying like we haven't seen Teddy play in like meaningful games since that injury you know like it's been like late in the season where like games you know, are kind of decided or yeah. it's preseason, right? Like I just haven't seen, I guess you just, nobody's seen enough from him to really know. Yeah. That, and you combine that with this history with your new offensive coordinator. Yeah, it, that makes sense. Yep. Um, cool. Uh, well, let's, uh, let, yeah, let's go ahead and go into the mock draft here. Round one with the seventh overall pick. Therese, who did the Jacksonville Jaguars select? Okay, great. So actually, I, I have a question for Doug and Austin here. Go for real it. Real quick before we start this. Go for it. Do you guys believe that the Eagles will do right by Foles and let him hit free agency? Or do you guys believe they do the business aspect of franchise tagging him and trying to trade him for a pick? It's a great question. Um, this is, I feel like if Doug Peterson has a say in it, They'll do Nick Foles right. Like, because Doug Peterson's such a player-type guy that he's going to want to let them excel and do whatever they need to do to get the best out of their career. But at the same time, it's still a business. Yeah, exactly. And I do know that he could uh, file some dispute if they do do that because he paid them $2 million to get out of his option. And I know that this isn't this isn't how the tag is supposed to work. You know, like you're not supposed to be able to just tag somebody and then trade them immediately. It's the point of it is to try to buy you buy you time to get a long term deal um, set up. But and obviously that would not be their intentions here. So um, I'm curious. What about you, Austin? What's your thoughts? Um. I kind of I agree with what Doug said. You know, if if Peterson has anything to do with it, they're going to be like, you know, go ahead, you know, thank you for what you've done here. You know, go do what you want to do. But uh, if I'm the GM, I'm you know I'm offering that franchise tag, hoping he signs it, and I'm and I'm trading them because Jaguars, you know, they try and get some better protection up out for Wentz because I mean two back to back years of season ending injuries, that's got to be kind of alarming. So so I think they're kind of still stuck on the idea. of, are they getting rid of? Are they? Do they really want to get rid of Foles in case Wentz goes down again? Because I mean, these are back injuries. This isn't just like, oh, uh, oh, my shoulder hurts. Like it's a back. Like that's your whole life. You know what I mean? You got the rest of your life after football, and if you're dealing with a back injury now. That and that brings up a question. You remember Trace during the Super Bowl? <clears throat> um, we were talking, and I asked, uh, you know, because I didn't know much about Wentz's uh, his college history, but do you guys see Wentz? Is he injury prone? I mean, are you comfortable? How many quarterbacks are there that you would rather have 
is your quarterback, your franchise quarterback right now? Because like Tree said, he, he's, he's excellent when he's on the field. Are you, Doug, Austin, are you guys at a point at all where you're questioning, is he going to be able to stay suited up? I mean, he dealt with injuries in college, too. Because um, his senior year, I mean, he set out, I think, the whole year all the way up to that national championship game. And he came in and just, I think, threw for multiple touchdowns and you know, led him to the natty again. But he was out that whole senior year with, I think, a wrist injury. Yeah, broken, I mean, broken throwing wrist, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been battling him since college at a D, like, at a, a D1, two level, however that worked out. You know what I mean? It's just below just the national level of like a Texas, Alabama. It's going to be the Missouri State range. So, what are I, just, I think the injury thing, I mean, that's something that he's had every year he's been in the league. I mean, I mean how am I supposed to expect something different heading into this next one? Right. I agree with you, Austin. And is he injury prone? Yes, he is. Would I give up two first rounds? Picks for him as a Jaguars fan? Yes, I would. The one thing that I noticed, or not noticed, I heard from Chris Sims, and uh, I didn't really believe it until you know I really saw it. But the Eagles changed their play calling between Wentz and Foles, and like it's like okay, well yeah, he's a backup dub, but it's like they call smarter plays with Foles to give him better opportunities, and with Wentz, it's like, hey, let's see what you can do, like make something happen for us. Yeah, and I think that's where these injuries come from, you know. And but with Foles, it's like, hey, you know, we're going to be strategic here. Wentz, like, good luck, bro. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I mean, like the whole like Cam Newton thing, right? Like, there's all the rumors going around that, like, especially his rookie year, they had to like dumb the playbook down so much that like a kindergartner could like understand it. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm really curious to see how how Wentz comes back. Um, I hope he comes back great because uh, that 2017 season was just amazing and such a joy to watch. Yeah. Pick seven. Pick seven. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Jaguars don't find a way to sign Nick Foles okay. at free agency. I'm going to say that someone trades up okay. to get Kyler Murray in the top five. Ooh. And oh. the Jaguars end up picking Dwayne Haskins at seven. Okay. Now, let me ask, uh, your reasoning for, like you said, they, you don't think that they get foals. Is that just assuming for this mock draft, or is that kind of what you're leaning towards? Would they stand pat, spend money elsewhere, select Haskins and roll with that? How hard do you think they're pursuing Nick Foles is my question. I think they're pursuing Nick Foles a lot. I think they're, I think they're all in on it. And even if they get him, would they still take Haskins if he's there? No. Um, assuming that they took Nick Foles, um, actually my guy was Jonathan Simmons before he uh, before he got hurt a couple weeks ago training. Um, so um, I would go with hoping that someone like Ed Oliver falls to seven. Okay. Well, for your sake, I, I would love to see that. I, I'd love. Uh, I think it's pretty exciting to get a quarterback uh, that you're banking on being your next franchise quarterback. Uh, everything I've seen from Dwayne Haskins, I'd love to see him in uh, in, in two and black. Um, yeah. So let me let me ask a question here before we move on here. Yeah. Austin and Doug, um, what are your guys' thoughts on the the big two quarterbacks being? Murray and Haskins, and where would you rank them um, compared to, like, say, last year's class? Great question. I'm glad you asked. But last year's class, I would say, you know, 
definitely a lot better than this year's class. I mean, last year's class, they're all pretty much starters right now, right? Yep. So with this year's class with Haskins, I think, you know, he's going to be kind of similar to Trubisky, how that one year starting, you know, what's he going to come in with, you know, how quickly he's going to grasp the NFL playbook, how is he going to handle the verbiage, is he going to be able to make all the reads, you know what I mean? And that's something I think Mitch kind of struggled with and relied on his athleticism, more so this year in the beginning. Um, I think that kind of really, that's why everyone was like, wow, you know, Trubisky's actually pretty fast. And then he just used that to his advantage instead of just sitting there making the read, which he was doing towards the end of the year. So I think with Haskins, I think that's going to be a similar situation. You know, I, he's definitely not a runner unless you ask Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> but going to Murray, I think, like, his situation's not necessarily his height. I mean, it is, of course, but that didn't seem to be a problem at OU. And they have a massive offensive line. And me being a Texas fan, I hate saying that. I mean, just please know that right now. I do not like Oklahoma at all. And so seeing Baker go number one last year and then succeed with as cocky as he is, like, good hand, but at the same time, it's like, there goes OU again. Like, where's, te- you know, <laughs> where's Texas going to get a guy in here? But, with again, to the point here with Murray, I think it's his weight. I mean, if he gets hit, I mean, how long is he out? You know, what's, what's going to get hurt or possibly get being that small? Yeah. So I would say definitely last year's class is a lot better, just, you know, being pro-ready. I mean, even with Rosen, I mean, he's got a small frame, but everything is so fluid and technique is just perfect that if he has time, I think he's going to be deadly. He's just got an attitude and a small frame. Yeah, I heard, uh, and I sent this soundbite to, to Trees and Doug, but uh, Brady Quinn made the same kind of assessment there. He says it's not so much the height with Murray, it's the weight. And can he absorb mm-hmm. his? How tall is Lamar Jackson? I think he's over six. I want to say he's six two. Okay, so he's a little taller. Yeah, I think he's six two. Well, the thing with Murray is, I think it was six three. Six three. Oh, so he's bigger. Um, but I think it was what Quinn and Williams sacked Murray, and Murray's helmet went flying off. And I remember thinking as I watched it in slow motion, like the pads of Quinn and Williams could crush Murray's head. Like, he's a small dude. And like you guys said, it's, it's not height. I mean, it's absorbing hits, yeah. I think I think the more that quarterbacks, I don't know, like Baker Mayfield's whole thing last year, everybody's saying he'll get balls batted down, blah, blah, blah. Always trying to bring up height. But really, I don't think height's a thing anymore yeah. in the NFL. It's absorbing hits. It's knowing the plays. Because if you can predict, like yeah. Drew Brees says, if you can predict where you're – receivers are gonna be you don't always need to see exactly where they are with murray is how far does he get through his progressions on his own yeah absolutely it's like, it's like hey this guy's gonna be open here and i'm not saying it was like that with baker but i mean it was a question because it's like all these guys are just so wide open is it the yeah. play calling or are they actually make their progressions through and so i think that's another thing with murray you know not necessarily being a first year starter because he played a little bit at a&m but you know, him and him and Haskins are definitely in the similar same boat there with are they gonna be able to get everything gear one? Yep. Yeah. Well that actually that actually is why I prefer Haskins over Murray is did you guys see that video of him like kinda talking through some progression plays? Uh, I think it was on ESPN the other day. Um, I have not, no. Oh, okay. So he was it was just amazing to see like how he was reading through like a linebacker dropping back in coverage, what the safety was doing and stuff. And that, like, it showed that he actually understands like reading through a defense right. um, and reading through progression. So I was super impressed by that. 
Um, I actually thought that Haskins just played better and better as the year went on. He did. Um, his yeah. final three games, right, against what? Wisconsin, Michigan, and then Washington. Three very good defenses. Um, he just played lights out. Um, so um, I guess my my initial question was kind of not which which draft class was better because obviously we, I think we're all on the same page that last one was. It was more where would you rank them compared to the other guys? Oh. If, assuming they were all in the same class. I'm sorry, I probably right. worded it very poorly. No, you're good. Um, The thing I think with Haskins that a lot of people just don't realize is that and this guy's like he's an actual quarterback, and I think he just proved it there, you know, with him being able to share his knowledge on ESPN and breaking down a play, right? Like yep. this dude is a quarterback. He's not out there just making plays like a JT Barrett or something at Ohio State. I mean, this guy, like, you know, was dropping back, making reads, and hitting it. I just my thing what I was saying before is will it translate? Yep, so I think sure. I would honestly go. I'd put him between or just below a a Donald and a a Josh Allen just the potential of that and then with Murray just because of weight um, I put him down with Rosen I mean Jackson I think fit in the middle just because it was going to be how his speed would translate and the yeah. offense he ran and then how precise he would be so I, the way I had it I would do Donald Allen Haskins Lamar Rosen Murray so what about Baker yeah so between this this Baker, draft class and last uh, if if you guys were in need of a quarterback. Is Baker your first pick? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Obviously with Doug. <laughs> out, out of all those guys, Baker would not be my first pick. Who would be? Darnold. I was going to guess Darnold, yeah. Okay. What about you, Austin? Uh, say that again. Your, um, if, you, if you had your option of any quarterback from last year or this year's class, who would you have? But I think uh, you Patrick Mahomes. Right. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. I already got my. Yeah. Patrick, who? Just like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. easily. Uh, yeah, Patrick. So, um, real quick, before we go on to Doug's 17th pick, uh, Therese, you, you mentioned that in this scenario, you, you felt somebody was trading up to get Kyler Murray. What team do you think yeah. that would be? Because you said top five, so you don't think that. Uh, I'll, t- I'll say the Dolphins. Dolphins, okay. Interesting. Okay. I like that take. That's a good take. How how upset would the Giants do be? Dude, I don't know. I don't I don't even understand what the Giants do, man. Like just how they fill out more. They had their they had their chance last year. They did. And like I'll I mean Barkley really it's a good pick, but I don't think they'll ever regret Barkley, but man. Got their QB situation. Ugh. Cleveland Browns fans, uh, you've got Doug acting as your voice right now with the seventeenth pick in round one. So this is based off most likely Ed Oliver probably won't be there. Um, I also don't, I'm not totally sold that uh, Devin White will be there either. He could, but I still wouldn't go with him because you can still pick up another one in the second round, a linebacker. I would go Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Uh, Treese already knows. Treese and Riley, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you I have a few different, like, crushes and people that I really want the Browns to get, and Christian Wilkins is one. He'd be great at D-tackle. He can really play the whole line in a rotation, but he's a really strong D-tackle. Um, he's pretty fast. His pursuit is amazing. I love watching him, especially pursue the runner on outside zone runs. Um, 
I also like his personality, which is something that the Browns and John Dorsey, I mean, you look at the Chiefs with what he was able to do with the Chiefs, with him drafting certain people's characters, giving people second chances, things like that. Christian Wilkins, though, he has that really charismatic, um, outgoing personality that the Browns could really use and bring in a locker room instead of a superstar mentality. Um, so I would definitely go Christian Wilkins. Do either of you see Christian Wilkins still being on the board at 17? Yeah. Okay. Therese? Okay. All right. What were you going to say, Austin? Um, I was going to ask Therese, um, you're probably not going to need D-line help here, but do you think there's any way Quentin Williams would drop to you at seven? If at seven, teams are, I, I, well, teams I are coming up for quarterbacks? I don't because, I mean – I think that the way he plays, I think, I mean, I think he's going to go above Josh Allen's, but you got you got Nick Bosa, you got Quinn Williams, and say both quarterbacks go, that still means we're talking five, pick five at the, you know, five or six at the latest. Um, I actually thought for sure, like, uh, at five, the Bucks would be the last one. But now that, now that they're talking about keeping – uh, sorry, what's his name? Gerald McCoy. Why am I? McCoy, thank you. Gerald McCoy, thank you. Um, now that he's keeping Gerald McCoy, um, I mean, I guess there's a better chance of that, but I still just don't see a talent like that dropping to seven. What about Josh Allen? Josh Allen, um, and I, I, I know I hear this a lot from a lot of very popular people and people that are smarter than me, but can he really go past the 49ers if, as long as Nick Bosa isn't there. That's <laughs> true. They, they need that edge so badly that, like, besides Bosa and Allen, are you willing to risk it and try to wait for one? That's true. If Quinn Williams was there, I would take him in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. But I, just don't, I, don't, I don't see any way that he falls past five. So you're not thinking anyone trades up to the top five to try and get a quarterback? They could. They they obviously could. But even if they even if they do, I still think that he'll he'll be there at or I think that he'd still be gone by five. Because we got Nick Bosa, we got Josh Allen, we got two quarterbacks, and then Williams is the next one. Yep. So I still think he goes top five. Awesome. Perfect. And then am I next on pick? Yep, you, you are. are awesome. Go ahead with the Kansas City Chiefs so, twenty nine. I think I've, I've said this, this is probably my third time saying this here, but, I mean, this this draft is going to be dictated hugely on what they do in free agents here. If they go and get a free safety, um, depending, you know, Vicaro, if they do get Thomas still, if they decide to sign him, and there's just so many options here in the safety class that the Chiefs could possibly go at. And then with the edge as well, you know, keeping Houston, getting rid of him, if Houston wants to restructure, mm-hmm. I think – this whole defense is just a huge question mark right now with where they're going to go. But personally, I think they should go. Byron Murphy, the cornerback out of Washington. I was kind of tossing between myself, between him and DeAndre Baker. But I just think Byron Murphy, I kind of see him similar to Denzel Ward. He's not the tallest or biggest guy, and he's not going to be physical. But I don't don't want a physical guy. I mean, I've seen physical the past couple years, and what's it led to? It's led to a defense, the offense being on a third and 12, and they throw a deep ball, and there's a defensive holding or defensive pass interference because our guys can't get their heads around. So I yeah. think, you know, a guy that's just going to stay with the receiver and just 
cover correctly, I think it's going to be huge and help this defense out a lot. We saw Byron Murphy play. Uh... Nice here. Yeah, so we're, we're from Utah, so I'm season ticket holders to the Utah Utes, and so we got to see him a few times this year. He's um, good, man. I also went to the Pac-12 championship game to watch him where he had the pick six to win the game. Um, and sorry, Ryan, I think I'm going to say exactly what you're no, going to say. Go for it. He, go may for not, it. he may not be physical, but that dude is tough. He is. Like he will, he will lay the hit. He he hit out our best receiver so it was one of the bigger hits I've ever seen live. The second biggest hit I've ever seen outside of the the Reggie Bush taking a look against the <laughs> Eagles. Uh, yeah, that I actually looked him up that night. I'm like, man, who is this guy? And I've talked a lot with Doug and Treese about uh, you know the Lions are in need of secondary help as well and. Eight might be a little too high, but if they call his name, I'll be very happy. I think if he, if he's there at 29, Kansas City fans have to be elated. Murphy Murphy is a stud. I love watching him. I think I was seeing somewhere he's put on like 10 or 15 pounds so far getting ready yeah, for the combine. Sure. Did you guys see the picture of uh, – okay. going back to quarterbacks because – this podcast is going to turn about only what I want to talk about. <laughs> what is it? Kyler's picture at the game? Yeah. Picture of Kyler? Dude, he's, he's looking pretty beefy. <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen it. Is it. Where was it at? I think it was at a school function where he was holding up the Heisman. Um, I saw it on Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, but he looks he looks thick, man. Like, I, I did not think he would be over, like, 185, 190. But now I'm like, after seeing that, I'm like, he might be, he might try to push 200. He might be in that like 195, 197 range. This is Kyler Murray we're talking about. Yeah, he so is. I haven't yeah. seen that picture either, so you'll have to send that, send that in the thread. Do you um, think he does anything at the combine? Because I mean, if he goes in that heavy, I mean, that's gonna slow time down, right? I don't know. If, I I don't see why he would, like, just I mean, run with the rumors of running a four three, and you know, as a freshman in yeah. college or in high school, that last workout that he was clocked at. Yeah, so, like, what, if I was him, I'm like, show up, show that you gained the weight, and then, like, be like, okay, see, I can gain the weight, I'm good. Um, don't do anything, and then just do everything at your pro day when you can lose a little bit of that weight and get your speed back up. Right. Yeah, he's he keeps going off about how he's going to run his best 40 time ever at the Combine, so we'll Yeah, see it'll, what it'll be interesting to see. Combine starts this is it this week? Yeah, this coming week. Recapping round one, Jaguars, new franchise quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, Cleveland Browns with Christian Wilkins, and the Kansas City Chiefs select Byron Murphy. That brings us to round two. Uh, Treese, the Jacksonville Jaguars are up with the 38th overall selection. Who do you got? Yeah, um, so I think that they're going to try to protect their asset. Right. Um, they're... You got Cam Robinson, second-round pick a couple years ago out of Alabama, who tore his ACL this this year in week two, so you don't know how well he's going to come back. Uh, you have Jeremy Parnell that's um, just getting older. He's on the last year of his contract. Um, you could save... Could save, I think, $5 million, $6 million if you find a way to get him off the books this year. Um, they obviously had the huge signing of Norwell last offseason. Um... He wasn't what I think all Jaguars fans expected of him, but he was still solid. And then you have Brandon Linder, Linder at center, who I personally think is the best center in football. 
Um, but you also could move him to guard. He played his first two years in the NFL at guard. Um, and then they have AJ Can, who's playing the right guard. Who he's he is what he is. He's not great. He's not horrible, but he's on a, he's on a good deal. So um, I have no problem with that. So I think that they look at some sort of tackle combo if they went to left tackle tackle and tried to move uh, Cam Robinson to right. That would be cool. Um, or just going straight right tackle. Um, so I think that I don't think Kajust will be there. That would be tough. I know that a lot of people think that he's starting to drop now. Uh, the left tackle out of West Virginia. Um, I personally just don't think he's going to be there. So I'm going to go with uh, Dalton Reisner, the Kansas State. Ooh, right that's a good pick. Okay. Doug, why is that a good pick? That's a very good pick. I love Dalton Reisner. Uh, he's a stud, hardworking country boy. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever listened to or know Jordan Reed on Twitter. He has a podcast, and he had Dalton Reisner come on and kind of talk about his life and He's a stud lineman. That's that'd be a huge benefit for the Jags. He's very physical too, because at the Senior Bowl, you know, he had, uh, I believe, on the North team, right, with uh, Raiders coach. Why am I forgetting his name? All Gruden. Yeah, Gruden. Yeah, with Gruden. He had a, he got in a fight during one of the practices, and then at the end of one of those practices, uh, Gruden had a it was O line D line competition, right? Gruden called both of them out, hmm. and Reisner went out there. And, I mean, it was just. The dude's physical, he's nasty, and he's going to play hard. And he's a great guy. I got to interview him there and just ask him kind of tough questions. And, and he's just so personable. Like, oh, you know, there's awesome. this big monster dude, and he's just sitting there chatting with you like you're just best friends from grade school. That's awesome. So, Doug, Austin, sounds like both of you guys would uh, sign off on that pick for Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Trace making a good pick there. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so... I do think that the Browns move on from Jamie Collins. Um, I would, at least as a fan, I would hope that they would bring in somebody that's a little bit faster, can help with coverage, because Joe Schobert, amazing, amazing coverage linebacker, but he, he can't do it on his own. Kirksey's pretty good too, it's just Kirksey's always hurt. They need help at linebacker, and I was kind of torn between linebackers, but this week I've been watching a lot of... Uh, like th this could be also post combine seeing what he does after the combine, but I really like Terrell Hanks. Um, I think Mac Wilson will be gone by then, so Terrell Hanks will be my pick mainly because of his tenacity. He does sometimes over read and kind of over predict what might happen, but him his versatility, being able to run sideline to sideline, he's fast. And dude has a motor. He's a hard hitter, and he's not going to give up on a play. You think he's coachable? He is coachable, but he does have a pretty big personality. Why you uh, mention? Sorry, you didn't mention school there. So just so everybody's. Aware. He's New Mexico, New Mexico gotcha. State. Let, let me ask you guys. I'm 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 sure we're far past his name, Austin Treese. Where do you guys see DK Metcalf going? Huh. See the first receiver taken in this draft. Hammer his teammate Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown. I think DK will be the first pick, mainly based off of. I, I think that he's gonna have a freakish combine. Um, I mean, we talk about pictures of guys. That, that's what I thought you guys were talking about initially. That circulating that picture. I mean, he just—it looks almost not even. Starting to look like a beefier Josh Gordon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Trace, what are your thoughts on DK? Um, I would. I, I mean. 
Is he going to go super early? Yes, he is. I wouldn't want him on my team. Interesting. Um, I think AJ Brown would be better. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with the Austin Doug there that AJ Brown's probably with with Hollywood Brown having the having the injury and surgery. I think that AJ Brown's probably taking over that top spot. Um, I know that Doug knows this. I'm I'm still a uh, Nikhil Harry guy. Um, I still think that he's the best overall receiver in this in this class with everything he does. Um, I get that the, the the ceiling is a lot higher with guys like the the two Browns and Metcalf, like but there's just something about Harry that I really like. I think Harry's more complete, especially with his route running. Even on run block, like he has a tenacity where he doesn't want to just give up on a player, watch it develop. Like he'll be involved. Do you agree with those sentiments, Austin? Yep, I'm right there with you guys. Perfect. My only thing with Harry though is just the speed. I mean, is he just? I, I think the receiver class really comes down to how well they perform at the combine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that, but I mean, and maybe it's just the Pac-12 in me that I I watch I watch more than you know a lot of other. Uh, I, given everybody watches the SEC because they're on every station on demand. But, um, yeah, I just – I've seen enough of Harry that I'm like, the dude just is a playmaker. Right. Like, he just he just does it. But I totally agree with you. When we're talking about, like, who's going first, it absolutely depends on that combine 40. Um, if he can be – if Harry is in the 4-5 range, like low 4-5s, let's say 4-5-2, where do you think he is, Austin? Uh, if going off of this, maybe late first round, um, depending on how it really goes. You know, people trading up and it just skipped in the whole draft. I, I mean, it, unless someone trades up for him, I could almost see him kind of sneaking into the second round. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I mean, just everything, all this edge. You know, I mean, the depth of edge and on the defensive side of the ball in this draft is. It's ridiculous. Huh? There's too many question marks on these other guys here for teams to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go here in the first round. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yep. Okay, cool. Awesome. Great pick, uh, Doug. Yeah, um, great I pick. think, Austin, you're up. Yep. With pick 21 then, right? Uh, uh, pick 61. Yeah, 61. Here in the second round. Uh, right. you, Austin, oh, you've, got, you've got 61 and 63 here. Yep. So you'll make two selections here before we go back to Jacksonville at 69. 69. So I think um, realistically, these they're, they're not going to be here to make these two picks. I think they use one of them and potentially that first rounder to kind of move up in the first round. Okay. Um, you know they'll just swap ones and get rid of one of these seconds here. But a perfect world if they do do that, I would like to see them go get Greedy Williams or get up just high enough to get up Byron Murphy if he's not able to fall. You know, but if these two picks are here and they're not able to make any trades even up at farther into the second round. Um, I'd kind of like to see them go edge here um, with O'Shane Zimenez out of Old Dominion. I think, you know, being a kind of a smaller school guy, he did show some promise. And uh, to know Pasquale, I think he was a second-round edge player that just kind of whiffed on out of Villanova. I don't, it's just, I don't think he's going to be doing as well, so I think they might move on from him this offseason. And then with the possibility of Houston, you know, leaving town because not wanting to restructure his contract, I think they have to go edge here in the second round um, after going for corner. You know, you get one of your biggest needs, you get that filled, and then you're going to look around and go, okay, I think we're all right at linebacker. We still have Barry at free safety. Let's hope he's healthy. Now we have to get edge, and we have to get someone opposite of D Ford and just, you know, keep up the defensive line pressure along with Chris Jones. 
So I think yeah. Oshane Zimenez here would be a great pick for them later in the second round. He's going to make a name for himself next week at the Combine for sure. So I love that pick. Um, kind of going off of that, how you were saying, playing opposite D Ford. What are your or how are you feeling on D Ford getting a long term deal uh, before the season? Obviously, worst case scenario, they just franchise tag him. They're they're not letting him walk out that door. But do you think that they're going to be able to uh, get some sort of deal made? I almost don't want them to franchise tag because if they do and he has another good year, they're in the same situation they were with Justin Houston, where they franchise tag him. He has a great year, and then you got to sign him to all this money, and then boom, injuries hit again. Right. So he's just been notorious for injuries. So I think if they can somehow get maybe a three-year deal done, you know, I'm not going to say what the what the number going to be because that all fluctuates off the edge. And then, you know, have, this has been his first healthy year since he's been with the Chiefs. I think a three-year, you know, medium-sound medium deal would be great. And maybe the performance of Mahomes is him kind of going, all right, I'm not getting as much money as I'd like, but – I can help this team get to the Super Bowl. I think that would be great. And then hopefully Houston, you know, hopefully he'll change his mind to want to restructure. But it's all it's all up in the air right now for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, awesome. Cool. All right. Sorry I cut you off there. You can go with your next pick. No, you're good. He's got something. Um, so with sixty three, I'm kinda reaching here because I doubt he's here, but I want to stick with this uh this Washington Ray, this Washington way here, and go Taylor Rapp safety. Yeah, I think that would be a great, a great uh, guy next to Barry, or maybe even a replacement of Barry, because they do have a Monty Watt out of uh, Texas A&M that they got last year later in the draft. And I thought he was playing pretty well. He can't tackle as well as I think Rapp can, because you know watching his tape, it's I mean he's right there, going to be right there at the line of scrimmage, and he's making plays. One thing I like to see, you know, kind of heading to the future, the the era that's getting changed here in Kansas City. That's a good pick. I love rap. I was watching a few of his uh, a few tapes on him the other day, and the dude can cover ground. Like it was pretty fun to watch him, and also getting into the backfield, he was everywhere. It seemed like every play, every reception, he was around the ball. Yeah, being a Utah fans, imagining multiple pieces from that Washington defense, particularly the secondary, <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes on the off, like it's just. At some point, we got to keep things. Uh, we got to keep things fair. Right, and you know it hurts. It hurts talking so much, like saying so many good things about Washington players. They're good. They're good, and it just brings back hurtful memories from it when does. they beat the U. Like <laughs> it freaking sucks. It does. <laughs> let's let's change the topic. Uh, <laughs> Justin Treese with the uh, 69th overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've gone quarterback uh, and tackle in the first rounds. Uh, so where are we at here? Yeah, so I, I'm going to stick with the uh, on the offensive side here. Um, three picks in a row, which is very un-Jacksonville-like. But um, there are rumors that Jags are going to be releasing Carlos Hyde here shortly. And um, the way that TJ Yeldon and Leonard Fournette acted – at the end of the year. Um, okay. I don't think that they bring back Yeldon, and who knows, they may even trade Fournette. Um, so I actually think that they're going to go running back, um, and I am going to go with another, hopefully he's as good as uh, the rookie of the year, uh, another Penn State running back, and go with Miles Sanders. And you see Sanders and Haskins completing a backfield, right? Like you, They're complementary uh, play styles. 
Yeah, for sure. And then if they find and if they end up not trading away uh, Fournette, yeah, I think that though yep. that would be a good combo. I think that Sanders basically just takes the Yel- TJ Yeldon spot. Right. Um, TJ Yeldon was really good these last couple of years, um, especially at the start of this year when Fournette went down week one. Like Yeldon did great. Like Yeldon is a very underrated type player. Um, I actually see him fitting amazing with a like uh, 49ers type offense. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan would do great with him. Um, if they wanted to go with that McKinnon and him combo, I know they have Brita. They really love Brita. And I just, I don't think he's going to end up there by any means, but I just think that like, that would be a good combo. So maybe even going with going back to like Atlanta, right? Atlanta kind of runs that same style at least, um, and going for net and yelled in cause Coleman's Coleman's going to be gone most likely. Right. I, I don't see them re-signing him. Teresa, I got a quick question for you here. I heard this from Matt Miller the other day, and uh, I want to ask what Jaguars fan asked. Would you trade Nick Foles straight across for Leonard Fournette? I, I would. Um, especially, Just straight up. Especially if you could promise that I got Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> straight up. Is there a way we can negotiate yeah, I think that? I, would. Um, I mean, Fournette got hurt last year and then just, like, got lazy, got out of shape, like, started causing issues in the locker room. Um, but I still think that Fournette can be a good player. Um, a lot of people say he's the next uh, Trent Richardson. I, I don't believe that. I think <laughs> oh, don't even bring up Trent Richardson, man. <laughs> I think he's going to be better than that. But, yes, I would – if. If it came down to hey, you can get for or you can get Foles for Fournette, I would do that. Yeah, with that defense, I mean, yeah, I mean, Austin, being a Chiefs fan again, your team just went to the AFC Championship, and all three of your teams are in the AFC. Doug, you're expecting to make the playoffs this year. Hopefully, that works out for Cleveland. Do you guys not look at Jacksonville as a that's a that's a threat? It was a down year this past year, but I mean, if Kansas City gets back there, do you not? foresee having to go through Jacksonville, Austin? Oh, I definitely could, especially if they get a quarterback. Yeah. Because, I that's... mean, they're not, they're not bad at receiver. And Shark, I mean, get he's Lee a back. promising receiver. You know what I mean? I thought that was a good pickup last year. So, I mean, if you if you get a quarterback, I think that changes everything. And I think it changes the mindset of that defense, too. Because I feel like that was half the problem last year. You know, it was just a snowball that just kept growing down the hill was because the defense was put in a position of not being able to succeed or being put in tough positions, just pretty much set to fail because our quarterback can only run four plays at the defense on the other team, as clearly seen several times. Exactly, yeah, and I mean, Jalen Ramsey made it very clear that he was not happy with the uh, with the Bortles contract um, the other day uh, Josh Lambeau signed his extension uh, Jaguars kicker um, and he tweeted out hey that's awesome glad to see uh, somebody get extended that actually earned it or something oh. like that. <laughs> uh, Zane Gonzalez was the first one to retweet that yeah <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah so I, I'm, I'm with you I think that I mean that AFC South is going to be nuts next year um Houston's not going away. Colt scared the shit out of me that they're going to go on this huge run like they did early in the AFC era with with Peyton Manning. Um, And the Titans are just... If you like the the Titans, 
I judge you on like your character as a as a human being. We are at pick eighty. Pick eighty for the, for the Browns. Browns. So. I'm in the same boat with how Austin said it. Um, I don't know, like in regards to his second rounders, I don't know if Cleveland's going to keep both of these third rounders. I could see them going either wide receiver or lineman, O-lineman on this pick, and I'm going to go David Edwards out of Wisconsin. Um, I like him considering the fact that he's 6'7", 319 pounds. He's a big dude. He started out at tight end and then just kept putting on the weight. Um, and has really transitioned into a really, really good right tackle. The Browns, they have a good O-line. Greg Robinson was really surprising once uh, they brought him over. A former first-round pick that kind of sucked. When Cleveland made their change, their oh, coaching change, Baker went, you've told me this stat before, Baker went... Uh, he went, I think, six consecutive games, or six or five or six consecutive games without getting sacked. Like. Huge. Once Kitchens took over the offense, Baker hardly got hit. And Greg Robinson was huge with that. Zeitler, Batonio, um, those guys are really good. But the, on the right side of the ball, they haven't really been able to find a suitor that can stay there. And David Edwards out of Wisconsin, he's a big lineman, and he would benefit them a lot, mainly just because he, he bullies edge rushers. And in the NFL, everybody knows how valuable edge rushers are, just in general. And they need a big guy that can power through. Yeah, that seems like a good Especially in the North, AFC pick, North. Yeah. We are at pick 92, right? Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs? Yep, we are back. And so the first three picks here have all been defense. So I don't think for the third round here, I don't see him going any different. Um, I'm going to kind of make two different scenarios here, though, for this pick, just just to kind of see where they're at, because there's another prospect here that I could see them getting here in the third round. Um, but I think with this pick here, I think they should go Dakota Allen out of Texas Tech. Um, a lot of people are going to know that name off last chance you. Um, I think he has the potential to kind of fill in that role. You know, he's not a big guy, but he's a speed guy, you know. I'm not going to say as a as an exact comparison but i can kind of see flashes of him being like a, a Derek johnson you know what i mean he's not the biggest guy he's kind of small but he's there and he's gonna make the tackle and he's gonna finish the tackle it's not gonna be the hardest hit but it's i mean you know once he hits you like he's there and then you're not getting away from him yeah you're, so you're going like down see that in the third round and then the other option that i could see them going maybe getting away from the defense here Maybe Damian Harris, running back out of Alabama. Um, I kind of dropped his name out on purpose when we were having that discussion about running back. <laughs> anyone maybe getting any bright ideas here ahead of me? But, uh, savvy, savvy move. Well, you know, he doesn't have as many miles as you know Josh Jacobs does there in Alabama. You know, he did show some promise there; it looked good. So I could see that kind of being not necessarily a steal, but you know, kind of a low-level pick that turns out to do decently well with the Chiefs and that offense. Excellent. I like it. That's, uh, again, I just every time I think of the Chiefs, I think of the quarterback and what they're able to do offensively. If they can stock up some talent on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of reason to be optimistic uh, going into the season. Um, Doug, Cleveland Browns in 95. I, still, I think this might be a little soon, but I'm okay with it at the same time. But I do think they go wide receiver, or they could at least, because I want them to grab Hakeem Butler. He's a burner. He can separate. He's a fighter, too. He will 
not go down off just one con or first contact. Um, Baker Mayfield really, I mean, Brashard Perriman came in later than the end of the year, and he was able to get the best out of Perriman. And really, Baker, I feel like could do that with any receiver, but Butler would be able to be that deep threat if they don't bring back Perriman. Um, but yeah, I'd go Hakeem Butler. I think it makes a lot of sense. If you're getting a receiver in one of these later rounds, you're, you're bringing him in, especially with the young quarterback like Baker, saying, this is your role. We want to develop you into an all-around receiver, but you're coming in with a specialist kind of, you know, a three-point shooter in basketball kind of thing. You've got a defined role, puts him in a position to succeed. Um, we are now at pick 98. Therese, you started this mock draft. You'll end it, uh, at least for now, with uh, the 98th pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dante Fowler trade to the, when they sent him off to LA to the Rams uh, during the trade deadline. Um, oh man, fuck that guy. During the offseason, he a guy cut him off on the road and he got out of the car, punched him, <laughs> broke his glasses, and then took the bag of groceries and threw him in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, dude, this is this yeah, is a true story. Yeah, that happened, that happened last offseason. That's, yeah. wow. that's terrible. Well, I didn't Holy cow, what do you guys got going on over there? It was Florida, man. Yeah, dude, he was upset with Bortles. He just, it was a stressful week. I was was so excited when they took uh, Fowler in the draft. Um, Thought he was going to be great. Uh, And honestly, he's he's a pretty good player, right? He gets a lot of personal fouls, which ends up making it so you're not on the fan. Just your character issues hurt you even worse. Um, So point of that is that's where we got the draft pick from um i think that they're going to try to kind of replace him with this draft pick and um doug i'm going to take the better um player from the clemson defensive line than <laughs> what you got at pick 17 <laughs> I, mean, I get to play 98 so lucky for the jags um i'm going to take austin bryant <laughs> of course <laughs> You know, this whole entire draft, I was waiting for something like that to happen, and of course to end it, of course. But I like that pick. I really do. The whole Clemson line is mean. It really is. It's one of the better defensive lines, like, I I can ever remember, like, coming into the draft, like, all on one team. Yeah, but no, I I like that pick. And, I mean, that would just add to already a, a really deadly defense of Jacksonville. They're going to be running with uh, Dwayne Smoot on one defensive end spot um, with Yannick on the other side. So I just think that it's a good I, – I just like the way he plays, his physical mentality. I think uh, I think it can go well with what they already have there. Yeah, I think, you know, I've written down these picks as we've gone on. And I think that fans of each of these teams, the – the positions that you guys have selected for your teams, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, And I was excited about this first episode of this podcast talking about these teams because really each team here has uh, reason to be optimistic going into the season. Um, Man, I'm hopeful that Dwayne Haskin ends up in, uh, in, in Jacksonville. If Byron Murphy doesn't end up in Detroit, you know, hey, if he ends up in Kansas City, we'll come back to this podcast and we'll say Austin... Uh, 
Hot take. Crystal Hot Ball take. To, to get that pick. I know they already talked about it, but I would be very, very scared of the Chiefs, uh, even more than I already am, if they end up with the draft that Austin just gave them. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I'm, deep down, I'm hoping that that doesn't actually happen as yeah. a Jaguars fan, but... I mean, I'd take, be take some offensive one. tackle that's going to bust in round one. Austin, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the, uh, the Jaguars don't get a quarterback there, I'm, I'm pretty good. Fair. Fair oh, counterpoint. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm back to drafting in the top five again, just like uh, 10 out of the last 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm with you there, <laughs> man. Familiar territory. Familiar territory. Yeah. Uh, last, year, last year was strange being at pick 29. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I felt pretty normal being at the number one overall pick, fourth overall pick. It seemed like familiar territory. I, I knew it pretty well. <laughs> yeah, just, just a normal, normal offseason for the Browns. Yeah, so. yeah. So I do. I have oh, one, right. one last question for you, for you yeah. two. Um, not that you expect them to go in the first round, seventh round, but do you have a prospect? that you just want to succeed, see succeed in the NFL or even on your team? Yeah, and Isaiah ooh, Isaiah Johnson out of Houston. I think uh, I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and uh, I was like, man. I was telling Matt Bell, I was like, I, I see something with this kid. I really like him. He's a tall kid, got really long arms, long legs. He's not necessarily the fastest guy, but there was just something about watching him down on the field. You know, he'd keep, he'd keep his distance with his arms, but he was very quick out of the break. So, you know, they were running comeback routes. And not necessarily that he knew that it was coming, but just his technique on the drop back, keeping his distance, and then breaking on the ball just time and time again. And then in the live drills, I was just like, he just kept popping out to me. I don't know what it was, but he's a kid that I have written down on my own that uh, I would like to see succeed. Yeah, what, what about you, Therese? It's actually Will Greer, quarterback out of West Virginia. Um, he's got everything stacked against him, um, but I just personally really like him. Um, his story is awesome. Um, followed Florida a lot growing up with, uh, once Urban left Utah to go to Florida, I, I kind of followed that, followed him and followed that team and then kind of just stuck around watching Florida even after Urban left and watching Will Greer, what he was able to do with that Florida team was awesome. Um, gets off, kicked off the team for PEDs and then ends up at, at West west virginia um but just all the articles and everything i read and interviews that i hear from his teammates about how good of a guy he is what a great family guy he is with his wife and kid um and again people are, are talking about how he's too small the dude's like six two and a quarter but that's news to me um but i just i just really like him um so i i, I hope he finds a way to succeed in the but, NFL. austin do you like will greer i know trees has liked him for even dating back to early last season. What are your thoughts on Luker? Um, I think he struggles with consistency. Um, in the senior bowl, uh, strange as this sounds, he had a hard time throwing to his left. I just, like, at any level, if you can't throw the ball one way, I mean, you're kind of you're toast, right? So yeah, seeing him sure. struggle there was definitely, was definitely a red flag for me. So, I mean, he's one of those guys, if he's put in the right situation, he can do well. Um, he's smart, you know. He's athletic. It's just, can you make all the throws? Yeah, and I and I don't I I don't know if he can. Like to be frank, but it's just to, 
It's more of like, that's just who I want. Yeah, you're hopeful he can. You'd like to see him. Yeah, I'm hopeful that he is. Um, Yeah. That's a great question. What about you, Doug? Well, if you follow me on Twitter, I think I post about him like once every other day. But uh, Jazz Ferguson out of Northwestern State, um, I love his tape. I love uh, his story. He uh, went to LSU. He let his grades drop, got into some trouble, got uh, kicked out essentially, and then Northwestern gave him a chance. He had to redshirt his uh, first year there. And then this last year, just tore it up, had two game-winning receptions for him in a really close games. Uh, when they played A&M, even though they got destroyed, he was still able to put up well over 130-plus yards receiving. And I, I really like Jazz Ferguson. He's tall. He's, I think that what could come down to make or break him, because right now I think he's projected like round six to free agency to being undrafted. Um, but if he can show up to the combine and work on his speed, then I could see him going round five, round six. Yeah, I'm excited. I can talk to, uh, NFL draft with you three all day long. Um, once we get a little more information and uh, intel, see how things are shaking up, come together and we'll maybe do a, an entire league. Again, this first episode's been focused on these three teams, but definitely going forward, we plan on uh, you know an NFL-wide audience we're gonna you know, talk all things nfl um so yeah doug treese austin thanks uh for the time today thanks for uh, coming on and starting this thing off and uh we'll do it again thank you for listening to talking football please leave a review subscribe and interact with us on twitter at talking underscore football we'd love to hear your thoughts on the mock draft and on anything else that we've talked about again thank you and we'll see you next time